Let's do this thing. Let's do this. If you can't say thing, it doesn't count. Thing. Like the medieval spelling, is it? What? Stephen Fry has stormed off. BBC Three has turned off. We hope the new Star Trek will take off. And Dr. Dre has a series coming. The airwaves begins. It's that time of the week again. It's becoming a bit of a moving target these days, but here we are. It's the airwaves, the show that watches things, listens to things, and plays things. Yeah. Speaking of play things. <laughs> Where did it go with this? We might have to take the clean tag off. Well, you spoke first, Tone. Tony Blunt. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. How you doing, sir? Not bad, not bad at all. Yeah. Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. Uh, it it doesn't seem it is actually because we we recorded last thir- last Thursday. Now we're recording on Wednesday. This is the first time we've recorded with less than a week, and it seems yeah. very early. It's a good job it wasn't Monday then. It is a very good job it wasn't Monday because I released the last show on <laughs> Monday. I think. Yeah, you can have too much of a good thing, can't you? Indeed, indeed you can. Indeed and this show. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were referring to the gaps in between. <laughs> Indeed. That is Mr. Alex G. Fox. How are you doing, sir? Are you sure it's me? I'm t- pretty sure. I could say- In fact, I, d- I don't know if it's you, because your face is moving, but your mouth is behind. That's because I haven't trimmed my moustache for a while. You can't see what's going on behind well, it. Well, your moustache gets so thick, it actually stops the light waves. <laughs> yes, exactly. It, it, yeah. it, actually, you know that thing in the news the other day about when they... Uh, detected the movement from black holes. Oh, yeah. It's not. It's actually my moustache. That must play merry hell with your microphone. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why I have to use um, this type. I can't use a dynamic because I have to be so far away from it because of the abundance of facial hair. The beard's so dense it warps time. It has to be condenser, otherwise you'd never hear me. Is it like that black hole in Interstellar? Light literally bends around your face. Yes. <laughs> a, a permanent halo. So I deserve that. There you go. How you doing, Russ? How am I doing? Yeah, no one cares. But Overworked. Like overworked is how I'm doing at the moment. Other than that... Appreciated. Uh, overworked and... Moderately appreciated, I would say. And say, don't say underpaid, please. <laughs> <laughs> no. Right. Let's get into this here show. Now, we couldn't actually put this in a uh, in a, in any of our segments. I suppose we could put it in the industry. But uh, Stephen Fry quits Twitter, saying fun is over after BAFTA spat. BAFTA show host Stephen Fry has confirmed that he has left Twitter, declaring the fun is over. He faced criticism online after comparing costume designer Jenny Bevan to, or Bevan, I assume that is, to a big lady when she picked up her BAFTA for Mad Max Fury Road. The I present- think it would be a bag lady. A ba- 
to a bag lady. That, won't that you? would change things considerably, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was thinking a big lady. I thought, that is a bit strong. He faced criticism online after comparing costume designer Jenny Bevan to a bag lady when she picked up her BAFTA for Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, the presenter later insisted Bevan was a dear friend and had got the joke. Fry said he has not slammed the door on Twitter, but said the site has become a stalking ground for the sanctimoniously self-righteous. Oh, that's such a Fry thing to say, isn't it? Writing on his official website, he said people needed to grieve for what Twitter had become. Writing, I like to believe I haven't slammed the door much less stalked off in a huff, throwing my toys out of the pram as I go, or however one should phrase it. Uh, it's quite simply, really, the room has started to smell really quite bad. Um, I think it depends who you follow and what you choose to use Twitter for. Now, I, I mm-hmm. use Twitter mostly for communicating privately with people I know. And the dark net... Carl Madden, in other words. Um, (laughs) As again, the dark net. (laughs) The dark net, yeah. Um, And uh, just keeping up with general technology news. It's generally, it's a little bit macabre, but it's it's usually where I first pick up news of various celebrity passings. And we've already had plenty of those in 2006. I've got got to say, when I first sort of joined, it was to, it was, I think it was when Michael Jackson died. And it was like, right, I need to find confirmation of this. Like, because I couldn't believe it at the time. It was like, it's like, right, how many sources has this one got? You know, mm-hmm. you know it, that, that, so yeah, that, that kind of angle is what started me on it. And, and look sure. at me now. <laughs> well, I, I think you can, you can um, find yourself overloaded with, I mean, if you follow certain mm-hmm. people, um, okay. say something bad about somebody, you'll immediately be picked up by a bot and lots of people will start, you know, I mean, don't mention Donald Trump. For God's sake, uh, or something One like that. One of my favourite or... tweets was Donald Trump. Really? Yeah, he got an awful lot of. I, I didn't get much hate. I got lots of fan mail. If that's the equivalent. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I I find. I mean, this is the only reason I put this in is it's you know the question is what has Twitter become? Twitter. And I have said this for a while now. Twitter has become abused by people if you like the blue tick brigade and i've been saying it on twitter and people find it really offensive that i say that the blue tick brigade yeah the blue tick brigade it's mm. almost like you know yeah. i don't need to have a, an agent anymore i'll get a blue tick and i'll pontificate and tell the world what's important and and you know like for instance today they were going on about um celebrities saying that they would like to stay in Europe or not stay in Europe and people are going, well, why should we listen to them? What's what their does view? the why celebrity does that know about but the is, But if they say it on Twitter, it seems to be, oh, that's okay. And then five million people or whatever will all of a sudden agree or what have you. What Stephen Fryer did or didn't it's, do mm. is, is to do with... You know, people go, oh, I've got the right to say what I like. But then other people have got the right to be offended, right? Mm. And if you say a joke, whether it's a bad joke, a good joke, and a different joke, doesn't matter. You you say it, but that joke is conceived to be, at first glance, first listen, a, oh, can't believe you just said that, right? Okay, that is what the joke was for, right? Now, if you then think ahead... It, 
in your joke telling and you think, oh, well, then if, when everyone realizes that she's a dear friend of mine and she gets a joke and everyone gets a joke, it'll all be all right, right? But you're throwing it out to the, the whole world when you're Stephen Fry, five million plus, I think, mm. followers. You're throwing it out there instantly. These people aren't going to know that that woman's your friend. You have got a history of saying some odd, slightly snarky, is that a nice word? Snarky mm, thing. Yes, I would have, I would have said yeah. that's fair. And some people are going to go, hold on, mate. Mm. You know, call it. Now, if he had instantly just gone on, oh, I'm really sorry, I didn't mean to offend you, but actually she's a friend of mine, it was a bit of an in joke, maybe I should have let you all in yeah. at the time. It mm. would have got. It would have gone straight away, but no. Yeah, the first thing was coming out being actually abusive to people that that weren't aware of the situation. Mm. And I'm like, talk yeah. about fanning the flames. So it's it's a situation where you know, it, like you say, it's an in joke. Some would call it, much as I hate to use the word, banter. You know, yes, mad because that's because that's become to have whole different connotations now, hasn't it? But, I think the best way yeah. to look at anything you say on Twitter is imagine you're saying it in a room with all your followers, right? Because you're talking to them. You're not putting up a post on an internet site. You're not doing a, you know, you're not doing a blog. You're not doing that. This is um, this is a platform where you are talking. Just you're speaking out. Right? But imagine you are speaking out to all the people that follow you in that room at any time. Now, if all the people that follow you in that room at any time would not get the joke and could be offended because they wouldn't understand the situation, then it is your fault that they react in that way. Don't, you know, that is what Twitter is. That And the point is, his response, and again, his response again, I mean, he's, he's laughed it off and he tried to do this sort of, uh, I went to Cambridge so you'll never understand what I'm actually saying, rubbish. You know, <laughs> it, oh, I've thrown my toys out the pram, blah, 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 blah. It, it's such a defensive way of doing it. it, it you know, it is, it, you know, it's a passive-aggressive way of doing it. I mean, it just is. Okay, now the guy's got his problems, right? And I would say that if you have the issues that you've got, Somewhere like Twitter is probably a really dangerous place to be. Mm. Now, I'm not really that interested in what he's done or the response to what he's done. It's it's a silly situation that got out of control very quickly because nobody just did anything sensible at any point. In a funny mm. way, it made me made me think of Top Gear because <laughs> it was that type <laughs> yeah, yeah. of it instantly got out of hand because nobody just went, "Oh, hold on a minute, yeah. this is just." Uh, that was a really silly joke. I should have possibly made it in a room full of five people that all knew each other. Yeah. You know, it's like the way I joke about with you, and we're always like, me and Carl are famously always doing this sort of thing to each other. Exactly. And you all know that we're playing. And I think, even though we've got millions of listeners, I think the majority of those know we are playing. And a few people mm. that hear it for the first time probably think, oh my God, look at the way they're at each other. And then after two minutes, they go, oh, it's a joke. I got it. Yeah. Now, but the thing is, Twitter itself, I mean, that's what I think this story is about. I think yeah. it's about Twitter itself, yeah. how you use Twitter, and how you can expect Twitter to respond to anything you say. Mm. You don't have to be famous to annoy people on Twitter. And there are so many people out there yeah. that annoy people because it's the only way they can get attention. It's trolling. You've got yeah. people out there that get followers because they're rude but- and spiteful and all the rest of it. A lot it. of those are, yeah. Sorry, a lot of those are more effectively shut down. 
Yeah, because, I mean, that kind of behaviour when you don't associate it with someone like Stephen Fry necessarily. Well, no, I do agree, this this has completely gone out of hand. It's not even the first time he's quit Twitter over this kind of thing, is it? Oh, yes, he's uh, uh, stormed off in a half before. Yeah. But no, it's, you know, like I say, it's it's gone out of hand on all sides. You know, he's done it before, so... I think I did even see someone saying, oh, he's looking to promote something. He's got something coming out soon. And it's, it's, like, it's like some sort of PR stunt. It's like, no, this isn't the way he'd go about as PR stunt. I don't no, know. it's not a PR stunt. It's, it's, no, exactly. It's a mistake. It was, it was misjudging a comment. Now, in that room where he was in, say there was a thousand people in the room, 500 people in the room, I don't know. In that room, if it was a private thing, in that room, they would have gone, <gasps> Yeah. And it goes, oh, you do realise we're mates and it's a joke. And, and everyone had gone, you know, because if anyone was offended, they would have said something, you know. Yeah. But you, you've done it and it's the world and it's all to do with reaction. And oh, yeah. it's just the way Twitter works. I mean, I mean, I, I was confused over whether this, whether this comment, did he actually, because he was presenting the thing, the BAFTAs, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what happened, I understood it. I didn't know whether he'd made the comment on that. And I still yeah, yeah, don't no. know whether he did that or it was on Twitter. No, the woman come up, got her award. Said a bit, was you know charming and all the rest of it. Walked off stage, and then the moment she was off stage, he then said this to the audience. So it was on the on the show itself. Yeah, yeah. and you know that's like, a bit that seemed hazy on all the reports. They seemed to be like, oh, this was a just a Twitter comment, you know, someone being snarky sort of. No, thing. no, no. But the way, it, yeah. Well, I can say is, um, I'll give you an example. My wife is not an offendable person. She's really not the type that really gives a monkeys, you know, do what you want, say what you want, be nice to each other. And if you're not, well, you know, life's too short to take it all too seriously, right? Now, the reason this whole thing came into my life is I'd actually fallen asleep early. It was a night I really wanted to go to bed. And then all of a sudden, she comes in. She goes, did you see that? And I'm like, what? What? You know, like thinking the house is burning down <laughs> or something. <laughs> what's going on thinking oh there's something really important must have happened and then she starts telling me about it and then I'm like right Stephen Fry you're responsible for waking me up on the first night I've managed to get to bed early but the point is <laughs> she should have yeah. got onto Twitter and trolled him because of that <laughs> exactly but yeah. the point is the way it came across right mm. my wife thought wow that's just nasty because of it, you know, I mean, not only, I don't, I don't want to put it and get anyone thinking I'm offensive, being offensive. It wasn't just the way the woman was dressed. She wasn't, on, on these shows, you tend to get young, pretty, glammed up people, be it boy or girl, right? She didn't fit the type, basically. She didn't fit it. She, I don't know if she was making a statement saying that like, I'm an older woman, I look, I, you know, she looked very presentable. You know, she she's not like an ugly old hag or anything. No one's calling her that, you know. <laughs> I mean, she's I think if Stephen Fry had called her an ugly old hag. Well, you know, but that's more. Well, that would have been a story. Yeah. yeah. That's more or less what he did, but, you know, you know, Cambridge, Cambridge Manor. But, um, but, you know, it, it was just. Like I say, her, my wife's instant reaction and, and live. So it wasn't like going by anyone getting knickers on Twist on Facebook or Twitter. It was just like, that was really unnecessarily nasty. <laughs> now, he obviously misjudged the joke or his delivery and his timing was such that it didn't come across as a joke. So maybe it was a 
nice joke amongst friends, but it was delivered badly for a TV show or a, a or in this probably in, more in this particular TV show. Yeah, just some say because just, when he when he's presenting something like say he's presenting QI and he has a, a similar kind of joke with one of the of a panelist sure. on that say Alan Davis. People who watch that show regularly are in on the joke, and this is exactly the point. You know? Yeah, yeah. But you know the point with this one, nobody was in on it. It was a, it was a. It's even he's going to be right to say this stuff. It's not a problem, but it wasn't done well enough for people not to think he was just being really nasty to an older lady that didn't sit and look as pretty as all the other people coming up on the stage, and that was the problem. It was, but. You know, this all, oh, you know, the, sm the smell's really quite bad. Sorry, Stephen, that's the real world. Right? And if you poke stinks, trolls, yeah. they're going to snap. Right? And if you want fame, do what other famous people do and have a Twitter account and just use it to say, uh, my next show I'm doing or film I'm in or what have you. You've tried to be one of, you know, he. he, he Probably, of compared to a lot of other people, he's tried to be himself on a platform. Mm. But you know what Twitter was was a few thousand followers, and you could join in the fun and be part of it. But you know, once it became something that was basically taken over by the media, and that's what it was. I, when I knew Twitter had changed, not gone wrong. Change is as good as anything, right? is when TV shows started having hashtags. Yes. <laughs> and I was just thinking, yeah. oh, then now it is a platform yeah. for manipulation. I remember the first time I saw hashtag um, H-I-G-N-F-Y or whatever it is. Have I you know what? That's, you? The one, that's the one that went in my head. Yeah. And when, when I sort of started seeing that, I was thinking, you know what? But, you know, that's what it's become and that's what it is. Mm. And, you know... I dare say Twitter has gone after that because of that's the popular network. All the other networks that have tried to stay personal mm. have either stayed too small or failed. Mm. So it's a no-win situation. But like I say, um, you still get people saying, "Oh, Twitter is dying." Or you know, well, the thing, the thing they're trying to Facebook Twitter for their for their, for their own petty reasons, like. <laughs> but you know, well, if you, if you look at the way, if you look at the, I mean, Facebook and Twitter, they're completely different things. Fa Facebook is a lot more. Yeah, Twitter, you can do the, the quick delivery, the short conversation. Facebook is a lot more unwieldy. It's mm. it's a heavier thing to, you know, write a post, reply to that post, and then things are kind of, things aren't quite as free and clear as they are on It's uh, also an expectation, Twitter. you know, the expectation yeah. on Twitter, it, Twitter? The, <laughs> the, the there we go. expectation on Twitter is a, in my case, it's a throwaway comment normally, um, sometimes I'm just venting my spleen on a subject or I've just seen <laughs> something that made me smile or a picture in my, I took on my phone. I thought, Oh, that's fun or interesting. And that's it. I don't, I hope people see it because I'm trying to put something out there to put a smile on someone's face or sometimes something so important has happened. I just want, I just write something like if one person thinks about what I've said, even if they a hundred percent disagree with me, I mean, that's why I'm political on Twitter, because I personally think it's the perfect place to be political on. Not because I think anyone should agree with me, but I just think everybody yeah. should have an opinion. And if it just pricks someone, even if it's annoyance, then it's done its job. But 
the two things, Facebook and Twitter, have started to try and merge with merge. themselves. You know, you've got people on Facebook with hundreds or thousands or whatever of friends, followers. Yeah. Followers, you followers on Facebook now. So I don't really understand what half of it is, right? And um, you think, I don't, you're meant to know these people on Facebook or have some link with them. Um, and there's no way you've ever met that many people in your life or know that many people in your life. It, it's a nonsense. And Twitter is supposed to be the opposite. Twitter is supposed to be, I've got something interesting to say. Twitter to me is high Park Corner on a Sunday. You stand up, yeah. you say something, and it's up to people if they want to listen to you. Uh, and then you're also the audience, and you pick who you want to listen to when they stand up and say something. That is what it is. You don't have to know mm. each other. It's quite nice when you do know people. It's even nicer when you discover new people and you discover them to be... It's really nice when you have a thought and you find someone in Australia and in America and uh, mm. shares that thought or shares that opinion, or you say something nice and somebody just likes something nice. It, it's it's life-affirming, but it can also be life-disaffirming. Mm. I think I've made up another word. Life-damaging. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I know, I know we're probably giving this too much time, but I just think, you know, we're a media podcast, and I think this is social media with something we don't normally cover, because there's not normally many stories around it. I just, I just think the two things, the Facebook and the Twitter were either end of social media. And they're both, it's, it's almost like politically, they're both mm. fighting for the middle ground and it's getting mm. so blurred that the, I mean, I have both. I virtually never use Facebook. I only have Facebook because certain people I know use Facebook. Mm. It's the only way to keep any contact with them because people don't, send emails anymore i mean uh, uh, facebook has enormous amount of problems you know you, you got <laughs> just a few talk about a cry for attention stuff it, it's just it's mind-blowing and it's like you sometimes think you know they, they should facebook should employ at least two hundred thousand psychiatrists right because you can just sit there and you say oh look at this person unravel and they're doing it in front of the world. Oh, the, the, the minion gifts alone are, are <laughs> too widespread for me to sort through and look at them. Yeah, how appreciate. can you possibly repost every single one? Yeah, I mean, how can I do that? I don't have the time. But what, and, and that's with your love of the minions. Indeed. interesting, us as a group, right? not just the airways, but us as a group of people that have come to know each other over the last four or five, six, seven years, whatever it's mm, been, mm. We don't actually really communicate using Facebook or Twitter. We make our communication with the rest of the world on those things, but we have our own private communication systems elsewhere. So it, it's it's really funny because when it comes down to it, you find a, there's a third way. There's political for you, isn't it? There's that a third. There's a third way, and uh, we all choose to use that third way. That by cup setting, and string arrangement is starting to get a bit frayed now, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, but I just find it interesting. I mean, maybe one day we should do a show on all the things we hate about social networks. Um, but there is no one right answer. I think the use of both Facebook and Twitter are sensible, and I think there is a third place that which we use. But 
you know, enough about Google Plus. Yeah, it's funny enough. I, I turned that on today. I forgot that existed. Do you remember? Because <laughs> no one else uses that anymore. Do you it? remember app.net? I don't even know if that's still on. <laughs> oh, that, oh, so that sank without trace, didn't it? Google Plus without any limits, but then Google Plus didn't have any limits, and that was the end of that. Yeah. But um, Google Plus is still around. As we said last week, it is the SVHS of social <laughs> media networks. It looks fantastic, but next to nobody uses it. No, mm. no it's, it, there's no point in having a social network if it's no one on it, because then it's not very social. It's mostly photographers, actually, because the pictures look so good. Yeah. Well, yeah, Google Plus is great for yeah. am- amateur photography. It's like the same way yeah. uh, MySpace is now. If you go on there, it's basically bands promoting themselves. And a really, really b- silly navigation system. I mean, uh, I, just Twitter-related. Yeah. There was a big hoo-ha a few weeks ago about the the fact that they want to change the algorithm. Oh, dear. Yeah, I, I did see that. But you can yeah. turn it off. Well, that's the point. Yeah. Everyone's going, yeah, they'll do that for a while, and then they will they won't give you the option. Twitter have always been quite good at giving you options. Mm. But they don't want to be so Facebook that you need 17 pages of settings yeah. to work out what your options are. And it basically means... Well, like, sometimes... Yeah, sometimes they do get dangerously close, but yeah. 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 But I mean, I mean, I've seen you both on Twitter and Facebook, and I've got to admit, your behaviours on Facebook is very, very different from your behaviour on Twitter. Mm. <laughs> How? I post the same photos to both Facebook uh, and Twitter. It's, it's, your comments on, say, Facebook are very different to your comments on Twitter. I know, sometimes I, sometimes I do slightly rework a joke on one for the other and things like that. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Uh, you've got you to be careful. You're working to your audience. Yeah, you've yeah, got to work for different markets, Alex. Yeah. What audience are <laughs> you dumbing it down for? The people you happen to know or the people you'd like to know? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. The, the, pe- that, the people, people is, both know the answer to that. Isn't that, isn't that an interesting observation, Alex? Uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook is the people you know. Twitter is the people you'd like to know. <laughs> You're desperate to know. Well, with that, let's move into the Beeb. BBC Three moves online after Final Nighter's TV channel. So, <laughs> BBC Three has broadcast its Final Night as a television channel as the Ute Strand goes online only. Sorry, Alex, I beat you to it. Programs and other content such as animations and short films will now be available via the channel's website, and BBC iPlayer. The network has already posted a video from its YouTube account welcoming viewers to the new platform. Um, The move to online was first proposed in 2014 and was approved by the BBC Trust in November. The Trust said there was clear public value in moving BBC Three online. Uh, As independent evidence shows, younger audiences are watching more online and watching less linear TV. Well, that's certainly true. The BBC Director General Tony Hall said the move will save the corporation £30. £30 million. £30, pounds. <laughs> that was it. It's going to say yeah. £30. Pounds. We've just spent £100 million pounds doing this, but it's going to say £30. Pounds. Yeah. And with that, they can buy some really expensive marmalade for the canteen. Yeah. Haven't they turned into, is it BBC One Plus One? They've actually used up the same sort of bandwidth for isn't it they shuttered bbc3 just so they could repeat bbc1's programming an hour later yeah that's the thing it's it's like they're still making the same kind of thing i I think yeah the major difference is probably what they're bringing in from america 
you know, you know, t- especially uh, from the accounts of one Mister Seth McFarlane, you know. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, you know, I mean that's all moved to I think it's ITV two, isn't it, or something? Yeah, but it's like otherwise, other than that, I can't really see where you know because they're still making the same amount of programming. It's going over a different. It's, if anything, it's dispersing. It's YouTube. It's iPlayer. You know, I, I saw talk of them merging it with Radio One as well. Yeah, it's. I, I couldn't really understand that. No, I, I think either. it's a real. Mer- I, I don't get it. I don't think it's a you- merger. I think it's just saying, you know, all you trendy young kids that we don't understand, mm. we're going to make one place for you to go, and please be just do it far enough away from where we live. Yeah, keep it well, keep it down. So it's, it's another thing where Radio One that's also you know been online for quite some time. They've done live, you know, Glastonbury coverage and things like that on the red button and so on. So, you know, they've used their own YouTube. So that has, you know, it's diversified in the same way, I suppose. It's just sort of spread out from the original medium to, you know, the internet in various forms. Well, what what interested me is um, last night, Monday was it? I think it was Monday when this happened, wasn't it? Mm. So it was two days ago. Uh, the one show, the BBC magazine program at seven, the whole show was devoted to the fact that BBC three was going online, right? And the way they were trying to portray it was this was a great modernization of the system, right? Damage limitation, do you think? But the, the point, it was so slightly crass. How <laughs> you can have so slightly crass. Maybe I shouldn't say slightly. And when the director of BBC Three came on. So, you know, a little old man made me look quite young and virile. He um, had to admit, he goes, well, actually, it did start off with financial constraints. But now we see it as an opportunity. I was like, oh, dear, it turned into Tony Blackburn. But <laughs> it was, you know, the way they're trying to portray it. Now, I can see the arguments they've used to justify the decision they had to make, Okay. They're saying that this is a channel aimed at the ute. See, I've got mine in as well. There right? you go. Utility vehicle. Don't worry, you won't hear me saying it. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sproglets. Um, <laughs> that is it's aimed at, yeah, even you two are too old for BBC Three. And um, they're saying, oh, you know, they, they don't watch this stuff on TV anymore, and you know it's a waste of time having a channel devoted to it. It needs to be now. The point is, what they're making, and see, they've made it so badly. If none of this is watched live, then putting it online makes perfect sense because you can watch it whenever you want. Okay, so there's no scheduling now for BBC Three. They do something, they drop it onto it. Uh, there's probably a release time. And they're not releasing whole series as yet, but they might do. There's a release time, and you can go ahead and watch it. But you could always done that anyway by looking at the iPlayer. player. Yeah. But what you're saying is, young people, they want controllers. They want this. It's an absolute crass lie just to get out the fact that you've just dumped the tip because you couldn't think of what... Yeah, it was was a decision they were forced into with the cuts. But, you know, you could argue that one back and forth. But it's also this perception that you know, generation that would watch this. Sorry, I wasn't going to say that other word. No, you, you just cut out. <laughs> oh, did I? Oh. Um, yeah, the audience that they've had for this, is like there's this perception that they won't go for the kind of event TV that sort of ties people in with, say, BBC One or 
ITV one or yeah, not necessarily even sports, but yeah, there's sort of event TV like lots of people tune in at the same time to watch the same thing. Big series finales, big series, yeah, exactly, things like that. And it's yeah. like. Of course. What, what would Twitter and Facebook do if people weren't watching it and slagging it off all at the same time? At the same time, exactly, yeah. Be a nice place to hang around. But what they That's have what done, which is interesting, <laughs> they've now got BBC3 award winners categories. They've actually categorised this in an interesting way. So you've got seven mm. episodes of Little Britain, three episodes of, oh, I don't know, it's three programmes, so it might be all programmes. Okay, oh, they've got loads of rubbish. I don't understand it. So they've got loads of Little Britain. They've got loads of Gavin and Stacey. They've got loads of him and her. Never heard of it. Yeah. Uh, Revolution will be televised. Yeah. Murdered by my boyfriend. That's a lovely title. In the Flesh. That sounds like a BBC Three thing, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah documentary sure. type. Yeah. yeah, there's a few of them just there. So uh, what are they seemingly trying to do is, which could be an enormous mistake, because what they're trying to do is categorise the youth, and you've got older people making decisions on what the youth want, right? And they're probably bringing in lots of younger people to make these decisions, but how well does that ever work? You know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm just I remember this, Trace yeah. Beaker. It never works, you know. Yeah. Um, when I was a kid, no, I've just got this image in my head now of uh, you know the principal from The Simpsons. Yeah, when he's, it's like, am I out of touch? No, it's the children that are wrong. Yeah, I've just yeah. got that sort of image in my head now. <laughs> I'm like, uh, they, like they were. <laughs> They were, what do they call it, ham-tired? They didn't have any choice, but they had to do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, hamstrung. Hamstrung, that's, well, same thing. And, um, yeah, so look, again, as I always do, I do wish them good luck with this, but I'm a little bit, I think it's very hard, because I heard them saying, oh, at the moment, all, all the talk, all, all the people that are getting know it, it's all because it's through social media and all the kids are doing it for us and blah, 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 blah. Okay, that's because it's a week old or a day old or two eight old, mm. days old. They're going to need to think a bit more about how to get the information out there. Mm. If, you know, in two weeks' time when everybody's gone, okay, well, that that's so last week BBC Three going online. Mm. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I mean the, other, the other thing with this is, it sort of used to be a sort of testing ground for some things, like Torchwood first appeared on there before they eventually aired it, you know, on BBC Two. You know, I think even Uncle ended up on BBC Two for the last series, the re-airing of it. Yeah, it did. So it's like it's, like it's kind of losing that feeder, you know, because I don't think that feeder ground would be as successful online necessarily. Perhaps not. Although, you know, it, I suppose it'd be judged in a different way as well, because, you know, rather than viewing figures, it's downloads. Mm. BBC Four still remains in place, though. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. BBC Four is a completely different audience. If you took BBC exactly. Four online, there'd be me and maybe three people I know that watch it. Mm. BBC Four. It's funny. I, I I went to see my parents the other day, and uh, my mum. I was chatting to her, and we sort of finished doing something. She goes, "Oh, hold on a minute," and she went on put on ITV Three, and I went. I'm amazed, I don't mean to be rude, but I was amazed she knew that an ITV3 existed, right? She goes, yeah, but it's got heartbeat on in the afternoon. I was like, you're right. Because ITV3 is one of my favourite channels Mm. because it's got easygoing stuff that used to be Sunday evening type television, but you can watch it. All hours now. Yeah, Yeah, and it's great. And um, I was just like, oh, right, so... 
you can't take away ITV3. You can't take away BBC4. I doubt they're going to touch one and two. But ITV2, apparently, because I, I looked at a list today and I, didn't, I wasn't aware because I don't watch these channels. Apparently, ITV2 is like ITV's version of BBC3. So it's like... Pretty the, much, yeah. yeah. Uh, Channel Four got yeah. Channel Four. Oh, I can't remember. Channel Four and things. Yeah, Channel Four. Yeah, it was E Four, I think they said. And Channel Five's got something called Channel Five Star or Channel Five US. Or I can't remember. Yeah, they got it the US does, yeah. one. Yeah. So the US one is yeah, all well, the American drama. Yeah. So they've got this sort of youth orientated thing. So you know, maybe it's the way to go. Look, I can't really comment on youth TV because I'm not one, but my youths are absolutely, completely and utterly uninterested in TV. So, um, you know, mm-hmm. maybe you should just say, you know what, until you're paying the bills, you don't get nothing. Yeah. Well, you know one, thing, one thing with that approach, you know, the BBC, they're, you know, taking it online, they're going to do it better than the other services. You know, like we've talked in the past about the ITV online version being you know, so awful and so on. Yeah. The only thing that does worry me is if BBC do find this successful and they do find that they can cut costs, I dare say the powers that be above the BBC that says how much money they can have, they'll go, oh, so you don't need that much anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Or charge a subscription for that. Yeah. Well, let's see what happens. Look, it's a brave move and it could work out brilliantly. But if it doesn't work out, then they'll have to figure out some other way of doing it. But I doubt it will come back online. Yeah. It can it can play it can be played very well or probably an extreme extremely well or very badly. Mm. Dep- speaking of extremely badly, let's move <laughs> let's move into the stream. Doctor Dree to star. Doctor Dree Dree D R E. Isn't it Doctor Dre? It is Dre. Do you need one of them mutes? Oh damn it! Yeah, he's one of them mutes. <laughs> Well, no, he's not. I think he's in his 50s, isn't he? No, no. Do you need one of them to tell you how to say it? Yeah. Oh, I've just found out that someone's name isn't Kane West. It's Kanye, so I can't criticize. Well, listen to the man's music. I've still no idea what he does. It's obscene. <laughs> Dr. Dre to star in and produce Apple's first original TV series. Somebody tell me this is a joke. Dr. Dre will star... And executive produce Apple's first scripted television show, Vital Signs. The Hollywood Reporter writes that multiple sources confirm that longtime music video director Paul Hunter will direct the project that um, I have my mouse over the word serves as a semi autobiographical portrait of the Compton artist's life. Alongside Dre, Sam Rockwell, Mo McCray, Cree Cray, will also appear in the series. Empire co-producer and writer Eric Munich will pen all six episodes of the series, mercifully short, um, which will <laughs> drop simultaneously Netflix style. Apple does not currently have a development team, but plans on fully financing the show. Sources describe the show as a dark drama with no shortage of violence and sex. Sounds like um, yeah. Sounds like a show we're working on. Uh, in 2014, Dre became an executive at Apple when the firm uh, purchased his Beats headphone and music service for three million dollars. No accounting for taste. Uh, Dre currently hosts the Beats One radio show, The Pharmacy, for the service. Well done. You just read that, right? Uh, Dre became an executive at Apple's firm for his Beats headphone and music service for three million dollars. Yes. 
Three. Read that again. Three, I know what it says. For three million dollars. Three. And wasn't it three billion dollars? It may well have been actually. Mm. <laughs> Just like three million. Sorry. Three million. I'm pretty sure I could afford that. Why didn't well, I buy it? <laughs> I'm sure it was free. Billion. Yeah, but for one set of headphones. It's, yeah, yeah, for one set of headphones. <laughs> one set of Beats headphones. One set of Beats headphones yeah. for 50p is a rip-off tone. But anyway, yeah. how many of us, you, you can tell where I am on this. <laughs> yeah. Where, where, where are we on this? Yeah. Um, Alex mean, is already I'm, dancing I'm to, the, to the beat. I'm, I'm, there. <laughs> I'm a fan of his music. I, I, you know, I've got some of the albums, but I'm not interested in this. No. Do you think he's going to be a there's good actor? Enough, there's enough of an autobiographical element in his music, so, you mm. know, in the way the albums are presented. So do, do we really need this? I suppose he's the perfect person to be the executive producer if it's about his life. If it's about but, him, then fair enough, yeah. I guess. yeah. Is this to do with that film straight out of Compton? Mm. Come on, I'm showing you. Not that I'm aware there's of. A, yeah. There's a Compton Bassett down the road from me. Is that what it's about? <laughs> no, I mean, my, my wife was <laughs> no, watching... a very, very different area, Russ. Yeah, yeah. yeah, my wife, my wife watched something called Straight Out of Compton. I mean, she saw it in the cinema, mm. and it was just basically a load of people swearing a lot. And I think it was about where a group of rappers came out of. And I take it that's what mm. the Compton's artist life refers to. And maybe this Sam Rockwell and Mo McRae are also part of the people that came out of. I don't think Sam Rockwell is. No, he's, Sam he's Rockwell's not. Actress. <laughs> so I have no idea. Look, him in uh, Moon was it? Yes. It seems very odd. It, it, seems seems very str- it seems very strange that. I mean, Apple seems to have had this really strange idea of where their core. Uh, viewer listenership purchasers mm. are they seem to have this really odd idea um and they also seem to think i think they they gather that more people have followed them over from the beat service than per, is perhaps the case i mean just you know I, 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 that or the audience for beats originally was this sort of market but but they seem to think that you know all the things they do that isn't going to be uh their previous hardware they seem to think that they're only going to be successful by taking on all these other people in an environment they're not so netflix and amazon probably don't necessarily um point all their services to the the rap community i don't know if there is such a thing as the rap community but it's just really strange this idea that apple seems to have it it really is it really stinks of a load of if they were british you'd say they were middle class exec white executives that all went to oxford or cambridge they have absolutely no understanding whatsoever about the the market they are entering in and they've mm-hmm. gone hold on isn't rap music really popular? And someone's gone, yeah, I've heard of that. Apparently that's what all the kids do these days. Okay, well, aim everything we don't understand at that group. Well, you, you never know. It could have been worse. They could have said, do you know what's popular? Dog. Isn't that how you say dog when you, uh, you're a deputy? Isn't it deputy dog? <laughs> no, dog is an internet meme. It's a, uh, I think it's a, it's a Japanese or Chinese uh, breed of dog, and it, there's a kind of a Mona Lisa-like picture of it, and it Very appears to be smiling. I'll find it for you. Oh, yeah. 
Can't wait. Uh, no, you, oh, okay. So while we're waiting for that enormously that revelation, yes, yeah. exactly. maybe it'll be a new religion for me. I, I, I just don't get it. I mean, like they're saying, um, you know, what are they aiming at? They're, they're trying to take on that. And where's this thing going to go anyway? That's something else. Apple do not have a platform to release it's this. Go on oh. iTunes. Yeah. So they're doing this, but you're not going to have to stream it. You're going to have to buy the entire series. Is that what they're saying? Uh, well, you don't pay a, well. Are you going to rent it? Because they don't I pay have a monthly got, fee for, for anything but Apple Music, so. So maybe they're going to put it in with the Apple Music videos? Yeah, but you don't pay for music. Well, you do pay for music videos, don't you? Although, although you don't. Yeah, you got an Apple it, subscription, you can watch pop videos. Yeah. I say pop. Yeah. yeah. And it's just it's, a certain sort of market with a musical taste that maybe they'll you know, use, this would be aimed at. Maybe yeah. they'll use that part of the Apple season season system for their own products. Very, very, it looks, I don't know what it looks like. It looks like an Arctic fox with a, let's have an, um, a thermometer examination. <laughs> yeah. Aren't those things usually accompanied by the words, wow, much internet and so Yeah, on? yeah, yeah. There you go. See? Like that. Such dog. There you go. It's it just, it has a Mona Lisa-like smile. It's very good. Yeah. Okay, so in, in I think we found a bit for the end of the show there. So in four hundred <laughs> years, you're going to have all of these academics sitting there going. So, what was the dog thinking? <laughs> it's getting worse. It's definitely getting worse. No, 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 this is now a side episode: the torture of Alex with the meme. <laughs> Tell her, is anyone else going to say anything about this subject that I know nothing I, about? I, I feel pretty. <laughs> Pretty horrendously annoyed by this, actually, because there are so many more. Uh, there are so many more people more deserving of the um, of Apple's time and money to you know. Uh, yeah, to, not so connected with Apple. And then that, well, yeah, but that's possibly one of the many many reasons that this. But you, you can see the meeting, can't you? They're all sitting there, all having their skinny lattes, whatever they drink. With soya milk, probably. Chai, soy, latte with extra... Yeah. yeah. And extra this, virgin olive oil, I don't know. This... I wonder if he's really a doctor. Anyway, <laughs> this guy with three letters as his first name walks in and he go and they go, hello, what would they call him? Dre or Doc? I don't know what they call him. Dre. Hello, Dre. Um, what are you up to? Uh, I'd, I'd just like to make some TV stuff. Um... Um, okay, go on then. Um, have fun. Mm. See you later. And that's it. Yeah. In a way, it's just, you know, it's the same kind of move that Netflix have been doing, where they've taken on something completely, you know, not seen before. It's that it's that level of sort of well, no taking a chance is- for for once. But you don't really get that taking a chance anymore with the Apple stuff. So. No, but the thing is, Netflix at least they were doing what. You know, when they went off and made TV shows, whatever the TV show was, they were already in the TV show market before they went off and did it. The strange thing is, this is a first, this is a first attempt. I mean, honestly, it looks like when they they signed it, there was all these riders on the contract of buying Beats Music and the contract probably said, I've got to have first dibs of being able to do 
when before you launch your new TV service, if you're going to launch one, I've got our first go at Apple, whatever. And it, it's written all over it because if it's not, then this is either the best decision anyone's ever made and <laughs> it's going to be like revolutionise the media or more likely... <laughs> It'd be, it'd be like an MTV documentary. Yeah. It'll be like mm. Apple's attempt to enter the gaming market all those years back. Oh, what the mm. pimping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it does seem... I mean, bad bad, uh, bad decisions does seem to be a theme of the stories we've got so far, because BBC3 moving online is a mis... You could call that a misjudgment. The whole Stephen Fry thing, you could call that a misjudgment. This awaits to be seen, but... Yeah, I do. I do love the fact that if this is a complete and total disaster, then someone will liken it to things like the pin pin and the and the and the iPod sock. Uh, Doctor Dre's hilariously bad TV series will go down in history with the iPod. Um, the iPod sock. Yeah. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be the TV equivalent of the room, but they will do that thing. They will do the thing. Right, let's get some Apple hate, why not? They will do that thing when, like the U2 album, okay? They'll do that thing where they will make it free on whatever platform it is, and they will then say, it is the most watched ever original series, right? More than Amazon, more than Netflix, more than this, more than that. You know, it's more people saw this than the Super Bowl, and that's how they will launch it. The fact that, Everyone had it on there, and they pressed it. Went, oh my goodness, what's this? And turned it off again. It won't matter. It will be that. You can see it. Apple launches the world's most successful original series. It's like spin it, basically. Is that? It's like the you know the the biggest selling ever song on CD happens to be the song that came with as a demonstration Windows ninety (laughs) five. Yeah, it had the video of, uh, I know it's going back too far. It had the video of the guys that were dressed up as Happy Days, and I can't remember the song because that was Weezer. quite good. They had, there Weezer. was a Weezer song. There was and a song by uh, Edie Brickell and the New Bohemians. That was the one. Yeah. And it was like that song. I can't remember. It's quite a nice song. She was a good singer. That's Never good, heard of her since oh, then. Superb singer. She's just done a, she did an album with um, um, Comedian, was in The Three Amigos, White Hair, Steve Martin. Did she? She did, yeah. But that is, you know, if you want to go by the highest ever selling single record, that is. I mean, beats all these other ones, you know, all these, uh, you know, all, all this highest ever selling record of all time. That is, isn't it? It was that. Just happened to be an electronic format on the Windows 95 CD. I was always disappointed when you started uh, Windows 95 that it didn't start playing the Rolling Stones because that was the advert. It was it called Start. Up. It was starting mm. out. I, was like, I did it. I went, what's this? Dun, 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 dun. It was like, yeah. what's that rubbish? <laughs> yeah. I thought I was going to get the Rolling Stones. No. Well, you could have sampled the Rolling Stones and used it, but there we go. Let's move into the box. Homer, to take fan questions. In Simpsons live episode, I've just held up another dog picture and it sent sent tone into uh, into fits of hysterics. It's uh, a big Twinkie. So, yeah, it's dog as a Twinkie. <laughs> Homer to take fans' questions in Simpsons live episode. This story from BBC. An episode of The Simpsons broadcast in May is set to feature a short live section 
earth are they going to do this? The three-minute segment will see Homer Simpson taking questions from fans. A scene made possible by motion capture technology will make up the final part of a full-length episode broadcast on the 15th of May. Producer Al Jean said, As far as I know, this is the first time it's been done by an animated show. Jean said Homer's voice provided by Dan Castell... Castellaneta and motions will be depicted in an animated scene taking talking about things he could only be saying live on that day. Uh, his comments suggest Homer will make reference to news events from that day to prove the segment is not pre-recorded. The live section will work with the theme of the wider episode, which explores improvised comedy. Gene uh, describes Castellaneta... Blah, 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 easy for you to say, uh, who has voiced Homer since the show began as a great improviser. Uh, Fans have been encouraged to think of questions for Homer, which they can submit via Twitter the week before the broadcast. Now, it's not the... um, It's not the... uh, uh, things like the motion capture breaking down or things like that. Um, It's it's the fact that the comedy writers need to come up with (laughs) funny stuff in Mm. real time. Well, not necessarily. They'll be sent in as well. You know, Twitter. If they're getting the um, questions a week earlier, they've got a week to prepare them. Mm. And all we have to do is make reference. I mean, it can't be that difficult because all you're going to do is make reference to something that's pre-prepared and put in whatever that week's joke is. Mm. They do it on, um, you know, late night talk shows every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's a good idea. I think it's nice to, to you know, I think it's, Simpsons, I don't know how many they make a year now, but it always seems to be like, you know, there's a big thing, oh, brand new Simpsons on whatever it happens to be. It's a handful. Yeah, it's getting less and less. I I think it's a nice idea. I think what they really should do is do another movie because that was really quite good. Mm. And uh, that movie ended with the, you know, a joke about the sequel. No, I I really enjoyed that film. I thought it was yeah. I thought it was what it was exactly what I wanted from a Simpsons episode, mm. uh, Simpsons film. But it it was kind of like an episode, but a bit longer, but didn't outstay its welcome. I thought it yeah, was really it wasn't. Good. It didn't feel padded out, did it? You no, know, sort of thing. no, it didn't. Although there were good. bits where it it clearly took from episodes, but yeah, it expanded them, but did it well. You got to give some fan the, service occasionally. So that's the talented that's the talent to the writer behind that show. It's like the fact that they managed to keep it going for this long. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, Simpsons being slightly more up-to-date, I mean, that's a trouble. They they used to be more, if you like, news, not newsworthy, but, you know, if something big happened, they'd, they'd make some sort of reference to it mm. in some sort of way. But they seems to have been really stepping away for quite a long time now. So, I don't know. I don't think... I mean, I hope The Simpsons hadn't had its day. But you do begin to worry that how long can you keep the same 10-year-old boy and 9-year-old girl and, you know, there's only so much you can do. So maybe these few and far between special events, the odd movie. Yeah. You know, it's a good idea, but, you know, I'd like, I'll I'll watch it. And it will be an event. And I think it's a clever clever idea. But it's one of those few. Sorry, Tony. Sorry, yeah, the whole event thing, it's a good job it's not on BBC3. You know? I was going to say, it's, it's one of those few television events left that will bring the ute. We'll bring them in. Yeah. Do you not think, Alex? Well, I hope so. I mean, uh, the, the, all the kids now that are going to be watching BBC3, 
they've all been grown. They've all grown up with Simpsons being their favourite program. Mm. I mean, the fact is now they're of an age they understand some of the jokes. Mm. You know, before them, you know, my my kids, I mean, the Simpsons are must. Yeah, the Simpsons have been around longer than you lot, haven't they? I don't know how long the Simpsons have been around. Um, when did it start? Was it 80, 88? 88. 87? Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, a long, 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 a lot more than 20 years. Yeah. I was three or four when it but started. Yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah. I mean, the, the one element of this, it's the Ask Twitter element, because that always goes well for other things in the past, doesn't it? You know, yeah, it there's doesn't. No, there's nobody there completely trolls it at all. You know, oh, damn. <laughs> They'll still be able to decide which ones they want, though. Mm. So it's yeah. not like, um, you know, they'll be asked Twitter. Maybe Homer will quit Twitter in a spot with. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he can have an argument with Stephen Fry. Stephen Fry. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be quite a funny way to finish it, actually. That would be good. That would be good. <laughs> I just want to reiterate, and because you know, we make no joke. At no point do I wish Stephen Fry any ill will at all. It's just when I said that, I was thinking, oh, I hope I didn't come across as somebody that wishes him bad. I don't at all. <laughs> I just, I just, I, I just wish that sometimes people <sighs> understood what they entered into a little bit more before they did so, and not so utterly offended by people not agreeing with them at the other end of it. Would that would that it were possible, Alex? Uh, would that it would be the the uh, uh, easy for you to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dr. Dree. Yeah. Brian Fuller's Star Trek show concept is exactly what the franchise needs. This story from uh, moviepilot.com. The new Star Trek series has fans overjoyed. Finally, after 10 years off the air, it's amazing that, isn't it? 10 years off the air, uh, Trek will boldly go back to TV. Well, no, not really. It will go back. It will boldly return to TV for the pilot episode. Doing on demand. And yeah. then it will smear its way onto CBS download series subscription service for the use of. Uh, not much about the plot has been confirmed, other than the fact that it will probably be set in the prime timeline. Yeah, there we go. None of that J.J. Abrams rubbish. And now we have our showrunner, Trek alumni Brian Fuller, whose concept for the show couldn't be more perfect. Uh, Brian Fuller's first TV writing gig was actually for Deep Space Nine. Uh, he provided the story for episodes Empoch Nor, very good, and The Darkness and the Light, very good. Um, Fuller went on to work on Voyager for several years, penning 22 episodes himself. But not only did Fuller write for Star Trek, he's also a huge fan of the show. As he explained in the showrunner press release, my very first experience of Star Trek is my oldest brother turning off all the lights in the house and flying his model of a D7 class Klingon battlecruiser through the darkened halls uh, before seeing a frame of the television series the star trek universe lit my imagination on fire brian fuller has actually been pushing for a new series since enterprise was cancelled back in 2005 it seems such a long time ago now uh, before jj abrams 2010 movie was greenlit uh, fuller and cbs were in talks to go ahead with a new show instead thanks to this fuller already has a concept of what he wants to do with the story Tone. This was um, that, yeah. This was announced not long ago, really, was it? it, was, it was yeah, a few week? days. It was a few, few, few days ago. Um, yeah, yeah. What do you think? I mean, given given the man's given the man's pedigree in the Star Trek universe, I mean, two two very good episodes of DS. That that is that is promising as well in Deep Space Nine. I don't know about his Voyager episodes. 
that was a show I didn't like towards the end, but that doesn't still, mean still you... plenty of decent episodes of Voyager, I think. Yeah, they, they had the decent standalone. Yeah. And uh, I mean, these two examples, I mean, Empocknor is quite a dark one, but with also humour. It's also nasty, isn't it, that one? Exactly. I, th- yeah. I think that was the one Iggy Pop starred in, I guess. Uh, no, no, that was the Magnificent Ferengi. Also a very good episode, well, yeah. but this is this is the one. Empok yeah. uh, Noor, I believe, is the one where basically something's gone wrong on DS Nine, and uh, yeah, and they go to the other station that was an exact copy, which has been, a, which has been abandoned. Yeah, and um, oh yeah, it was more of a zombie type thing, wasn't it? It's was like there's something there lurking. Yeah, yeah. Garrick ends up picking up some kind of um, psychotropic drug. Which mm. was designed for Cardassians, and he ends yeah. up, he ends up it, it, going on a, a horror on a killing like, spree. Yeah, as <laughs> yeah. a, a horror horror thriller episode yeah. goes, it was yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, oh, yeah, I'm I'm remembering the Iggy Pop one because that goes back to this it does, other yeah. station. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's why I'm remembering one. that one. Yeah. Also a funny episode. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was a uh, you know, so he's he got clearly got the range, although. This doesn't. It keeps saying, "Oh, the concept he's got is brilliant," but it doesn't actually tell you what it well is. I mean, I mean, there is a point where I don't want to be spoiled with too many new details. No, but, no. I mean, I think they said that he wants to go back to more of the sort of the '60s style of Star Trek, which is, I suppose, it's all right. But it's you know, yeah, we could do we could do with something a bit more modern. I say you'd have to update. There's certainly elements you'd have to update, but you can still have that sort of colourful. I don't want to say camp because that's really not the word for it, but that certain style that the originals had, you know, you know, cause it, it's like you know, it's the same sort of thing that brings people back to the Batman. You had that sort of style behind it, you know, yeah, you know, sort of visual signature almost, and yet, yeah, I mean. I mean, the thing, oh, he's a fan of the show. I've heard that before. I think I heard that about J.J. Abrams <laughs> when, he, when he came up with the film. So that... I'm, Wasn't I'm, Simon Pegg a fan of the show as well? Yeah. I rest but, case. Well, well, we haven't yeah. seen Star Trek Beyond yet, which is he, what he Simon actually, Pegg has been involved in writing. Yeah. Gonna sing the thing tune, going to write the thing tune. Yeah. But he he showed you know he showed it in the other things he's written all the references he puts into Star Trek he crams them into space there's a a few in the world's end and things like and Paul yeah yeah, yeah. imitation is the sincerest form of flattery it certainly mm. is Alex it certainly is what do you what do you reckon whatever tone said I think so are you are you going to be are you going to be catching this new uh, this new series of Star Trek when it starts do you know what. I'm going to. Do you know why? Because for once, I want to be with the Zeitgeist. I want to be with you guys. Are watching the current version of Star Trek that's not a I, film? I want to watch it. Star Wars. understand yeah. it. I might not get the references, but I want to do it. And, you know, it's like one of the reasons I like things like Ripper Street or whatever. It's because it's one of the few things I actually saw from day one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yes. I'm up. I know what's going on. I'm there. I'm, I'm, I'm your man, right? Um, most things I watch are either between sort of fifty and hundred years old, or you <laughs> lot that told Sherlock me. Holmes thing you watched exactly. the other week. Yeah, uh, it's exactly a hundred years old. It's a and, um, piece. Yeah, and when I did, I mean I quite enjoyed the next generation of things. I did try and watch the original 
Star Trek. But I don't know. I, I, I did watch a lot of them when, obviously, you lot weren't born. Yeah. And I did watch a lot of them there. And it never... It never grabbed me in the way that it obviously grabbed a lot of other people. But then I watched Next Generation, and I watched it all the way through, and that was really good. And then I started to try and watch a few of them again. And I've got to admit, I didn't last very long. I was like, ah, oh, yeah, but now I know how this concludes. It's not that interesting to me that I want to, you know, see it again. I did try because I thought it would be nice to see what I thought of them the second time. Because most, well, most, a lot of things I wait, watch them again, I pick something new up. Mm. I watched them and I found actually the stories weren't quite as clever as I thought they were. Right. Mm. You know, and it, yeah. it's funny. It's even that or the Jonathan Creek moment of, oh, I spot that, that he was talking about in that different scene. That's things what, like that. I yeah. thought I was going to pick up nuances, but I don't think it necessarily were nuances but then again you know how many series, how many episodes that they did how how good can something be when it's spread over that amount of time it's not going to be it's not yeah. going to be like a say a ripper street where you get sort of eight episodes a year yeah you know especially with star trek you know the next generation the one you've watched that's nearly 200 episodes exactly i mean it's, it's a soap opera for goodness sake you know i mean it's that sort of level of amount of episodes so um but I will. I'd like to watch something from the start. But I really hope that they don't do the going for flashbang wallop over storyline. And I really hope they don't reference too much of the old Star Trek. I want it to be something that, okay, if you're really into Star Trek, you'll get a few references. I want it to be something where a lot of the things I watch were you with films or whatever, you say, watch this. And I go, it was a nice film, it was okay. And you lot are talking about some nuance about something it's referring to, especially with things like, funny enough, like the Avenger type things. And you're going, oh yeah, but you didn't know about this one that did this seven <laughs> films ago, yeah. 48 comics ago. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, okay, but you know, it, they're relying too much on that stuff. That means I can't get that much out of it. What they want to do is they want to give, something to you guys that are sort of aficionados, but make it a good enough standalone story on its own that you don't need that. That's I yeah. quite like that one. What was it called? Was it called Enterprise? And you lot all thought it was rubbish. I didn't uh, think, on reflection, I didn't think Enterprise was, was no. too bad. I mean, I've, I've gone back and watched some episodes of Enterprise, and I think it's actually in contrast to the J.J. Abrams films that I actually prefer... Mm. You know, it's it's like yeah. it's like we were saying a few weeks ago. Um, you know, you go back and watch the early episodes of Sherlock, and they are so much better than the than the ones that mm. we have now. You know, yeah. you, because the ones that the ones that have come after us so bad. Yeah. Maybe funny the, enough, yeah. Maybe sorry, the hook, sorry, just maybe the hook yeah. of using the word Star Trek is what spoils a lot of yeah. these. If they could do their own story yeah. and it'd be in space and it'd be Star Trek-esque, but without having to hook onto Star Trek, they might stand up better on their own without comparison. I've got to say, I I always did enjoy Enterprise. And I, that, I think that is the exact mistake it made. It tried to put too many of those references in. Mm. You know, I mean, it, there's a point where they had the Ferengi in an Enterprise episode 100 years before the sort of Kirk series, and yet in the next generation, when they first meet the Ferengi there, that's a new species no, to no them. No one's ever seen them before, I don't think. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's, I mean, they didn't they even try to bring the Borg into it at well, some they point? They did, yeah, but they were never seen, and I think they were heard yeah. once, 
and then, yeah, and then the name was never spoken. Of, so that's the way they that got away with it. That kind of ties in with the film they did, but you know, first contact. So that you could argue, you know, timey wimey makes sense oh, in a way. See, I only ever, um, I only ever enjoyed one Borg thing. Yeah, you know, everyone got really excited because you know, I've seen all the references about when Picard was almost made into a Borg. Right, the only Borg episode I thought was actually good is when they captured that Borg. The individual. Yeah, and then he and then gave him a little bit of realisation of who he was and then used him as a weapon, basically. Right? I thought that was a brilliantly clever and emotionally yeah. well written story. The possibility this, of using him as a weapon. Yeah. The the Picard being captured and having a few bits and pieces lobbed into him was <laughs> yeah. you know, that was Purely, you know, baying to the crowd of worshipping the character Jean-Luc Picard. But but as a story, I don't think it was a particularly great story. I mean, I think the book was something that was really messed up apart from that one episode. I think you had, I think especially with, with Best of Both Worlds, which is the Picard assimilation two-parter, I think you kind of had to be there. When yeah. the next generation was in I the place, completely agree. I when completely, the when the yeah. next generation was in the place that it that it was, and they ended that that third series yeah, with that it cliffhanger. It's a series, didn't it? It's, it's, it's still yeah. recognised as one of the finest cliffhangers in television history. That yeah, but uh, between two series, between, between two, two series. Seasons, yeah. Yeah. No, I completely yeah. agree. Now, leads us almost full circle back to BBC Three, which is a good point to get to there. But with Netflix, Amazon. Now, Apple, goodness knows what they're going to produce, but they're doing this and the formulas that they're using and the way they're putting it out. When I talk about um, Ripper Street, the only true conversation I get is on Twitter with a few other people that are really into Ripper Street, right? Even when Ripper Street was on the TV, people were talking about Ripper Street. Well, you're talking about you had to be there to really get the Jean-Luc Picard Borg thing, right? Is that going to be, BBC Three being the example today, is that going to be a thing of the past? Possibly, because I think you had to be there at the beginning of um, House of Cards when that series came out. On Netflix? On Netflix, yeah. Yeah, this is exactly the um, event TV thing that we're losing, you know. Yeah. Or That's possibly losing all, but... With BBC Three, they seem to think it's a certain audience it will never appeal to. You got to. Well, I think that's wrong. In I, this I country, think- if you put something on BBC One, on primetime BBC One, at least ninety percent of the country have the ability to watch it. Maybe ninety-five percent of the country, right? And if it's big enough, fifty, sixty percent of the country still will watch it. They still do today. Mm. You know, whether it be. I don't know, the Queen's Speech or the FA Cup Final or whatever it happens to be. Some major news event, you know, I'm not going to suggest one because they tend to all be terrible events. <laughs> but actually, you think about it, uh, the last royal wedding. I mean, half the country watched that. Okay, I'm, I'm only picking that because I just want something nice as opposed to something terrible. Say you did follow that after saying something terrible. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. go for something nice. <laughs> yeah, let's go for something nice. But... Yeah. You know, you stick it on Netflix. If if this goes on to Amazon or Netflix or Apple or BBC Three or this, that and the other, you've just limited it to even, you know, 10% of the country can watch Netflix. 
at a given time or, or can watch Netflix. You know, there's still vast parts of the country that haven't got the facility or the speed of broadband or the, the knowledge or whatever. The technical just, limitation I, is there. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just really concerned that something that is a really big part, even like you think about, you know, Star Wars going into the cinema, it took the biggest release probably in decades to get the place actually excited about a film, a movie, mm. right? Ten years ago, before the Netflix and Amazon and all the watching, or even longer when Sky, before Sky started having movie channels and the rest of it, and a mediocre release in the cinema was enormous, mm. you know? And it's just, it just, I, I look. I know it's a changing world, and everything will change, and a bit of way watch things change. But I reckon we will definitely lose this, you know, group of excitement thing. You know, you you mentioned House of Cards. The reason House of Cards was so important because it was the first one. It was the first. Yes, it was the first big mm. budget stars involved um, streaming. When it's the fiftieth or the hundredth or the two hundredth. It's going to have to be something else to get people excited. Yeah. Something mind-blowing. Otherwise, it's always just another series, that sort of... Oh, yeah. It's a new series coming out, and it might as well be on Channel 4 yeah. at 2 o'clock in the morning for all it matters. Anyway, I'll mm. shut up. But the, the, this um, uh, Brian Fuller's involvement, it's... Uh, the, um, the the future is slightly brighter, I think. Mm. Slightly it's certainly slightly. interesting. It's it's giving a lot of people <laughs> that kind of hope that you didn't get with the J.J. Abrams. Yes. What did you, you know, say, Alex? Slightly oranger. Yes. The future's bright. The future's... Yeah. See what you can do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's get into... <laughs> let's get into the, the final segment of this episode. The franchise. Star Wars Episode 8. Episode Deary me. Announces cast including Benito del Toro and Laura Dern. Laura Dern not seen since Jurassic, Jurassic Park. <laughs> Possibly. Uh, Benito del Toro, uh, Laura Dern and newcomer Kelly Marie Tran have been added to the cast of Star Wars Episode Eight. Disney and Lucasfilm made the announcement on Monday alongside a new video on the franchise's Facebook page which picks up where the last movie left off. They joined Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Mark and Mark Hamill and director Ryan Johnson. A new instalment began shooting at London's Pinewood Studios on Monday and when di- when did it become okay to launch teasers for teasers? <laughs> oh don't get me started on when that. When did that become okay? Yeah. You know, you can literally... I take it you've seen the, uh, the Ghostbusters one as well. Oh, don't get me That's started like still with that. Not, it was like a little a 10 second thing to announce the trailer in March. Yeah. Here's a trailer <laughs> yeah. what, for the why trailer. Why is this a thing? We ought yeah. to do that for the next episode. Just show a little, the little air with the Art Deco Airways logo. Just go, wow. Just coming soon. Out. Yeah, that kind of sound effect. Yeah. yeah. No, but what it's got to do, that's got to be um, a logo presentation mm. for a, an advert that we're going to do for our next show. Yeah, yeah. Not a PowerPoint <laughs> presentation to yeah. confuse it. Yeah, PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> Look, it can, it can do the swivelly thing with the turning the slide. Yeah. Yeah. Does everyone that's involved in Star Wars have to have slightly strange surnames? 
Toro, Dern, and Tran. Tran. Do you know they sound like they could have been in Blake Seven? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I no mention of Ford anymore. Oh <laughs> no! Spo- spoiler alert. <laughs> no, no, he's well away. He's uh, he's he's hard at work on uh, Indiana Jones and the the Last Zimmer frame, isn't he? Yes, I guess he was involved in a solid. Oh yeah, Blade Runner seven hundred. Oh God, yes, of course he is. Yeah, he'll be um, <laughs> sitting his way through that. I'm sure. I, I saw a good thing with uh, John Boyega the other day, and I don't even know who he is. Oh yeah, he was saying because he was talking about he was going the next day to start filming on the new yeah. Star Wars, and the first thing he said is. I'm not really prepared. It's a six o'clock in the morning thing. I really hope they're not going to ask me to do anything too energetic tomorrow. Right? <laughs> and then he said, and the main question I get asked is, did I nick any of the props off the set after the last film? He goes, no, but I've got a whole list of things I'm going to nick this time round because I know that I'm supposed to take them home and keep them. So in like 20 years time, I'll own the jacket that I wore. Yeah. In- and the lightsaber that I used in there, and this, that, and the other, because he said it's really important that you nick your own props. And I just thought that's really quite, that's like, it just shows you how naive you were first time around that you didn't yeah. fill up your garage with stuff that was going to be worth a fortune one day. And it just it's really sweet of him. He seems a genuinely lovely guy. You like him. And it's nice, nice to nice to see that the uh, the the people in the the two people in the starring roles, Daisy Ridley and John Boyega, are both English. Mm. Both fine actors. Yes, both fine actors. <coughs> actors is the um, is the new plural. Is it? Yeah, I call them actors because of that way you're not also referring to their their sex in any way. Mm. No, no. It's <laughs> but. <laughs> That's a quick. I've got nothing on this. With all speed. It's a, it's a modern Sorry. feminism. With all speed. It's getting what we've been watching, reading, listening to, or reading this week, or playing. Oh, Tone, seeing as you're like me. Well, actually, no, you've got one thing. I've got nothing. Yeah, again, again I've got virtually nothing on this either, but yeah, I'm, I'm still sort of going through the, the X-Files, the original series, before I'm... You know, I've, got, I've got new ones there recorded. I'm recording each Monday when they're on and uh, I've just got to the sort of remember when they started bringing them out on tapes as sort of three episodes on one and it was all cut into like one episode yes I've just got to the first one of those it was called the unopened file and it's like a three-parter well yeah spread over three episodes over two series and it's the first sort of major part of the conspiracy theory you know, where uh, they, they actually start getting a few answers and so on you know. yeah yeah but but you know, as is usual with the X Files, you know, many more questions spring up as soon as they get one little answer. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's also been, you know, I'm now well into season three, and there's also some really good standalone episodes. They certainly got better since series one. Um, you know, like there's one that sort of was it set in an old people's home, I think, is you know, this sort of spiritual presence, you know, taking control of people there. It's, but yeah. Just some of the ideas that are sort of, you know, real world, you know, sort of UFO conspiracy type things, you know, and alien theories, you know, some of the things they go into on that in such detail. Um, it reminded me why I used to love it, watching it. Mm, yeah. And hopefully that will carry on into the new ones when I, when I eventually get to those. Yeah, hopefully so. Hopefully so. Yeah. But yeah, that's pretty much all 
apart from the odd bit of YouTube here and there that I watched this week. <laughs> I didn't even watch like the last Family Guy that BBC Three did. Really, I'm disappointed in myself. Right, right. Oh well, I'm sure. I'm sure you'll catch up with it eventually. Yeah. Hmm. Alex, you've got more than a couple. Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit of a struggle for me as well because I haven't had an awful lot of time. And and to be honest, I've been, I've been going through old series of stuff that I already own. Um, just because they're not on here, I've been watching some others do have them. Um, I've been going through a few other things on my DVD shelf. Oh, actually, I, I watched uh, 84 Charing Cross Row, which I didn't write down and I should have written down, but I didn't. And it's a nice old film, but these are all things that are on my DVD shelves. So they're not really going to help people out much to go in around trying to find them unless they want to come around and borrow the DVD. Um, right, firstly and most importantly, there's some new Danger Mouse. Right, uh, it's been a while since the first tranche. I think there was like 16, then a Christmas episode, and now they're starting to release the next load of Danger Mouse. So for all those grown-ups out there like me, there are some new Danger Mouse. So, uh, did you get to the Christmas one? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. You I was, get around to watching that. Yeah, yeah. I got around to watching it. Yeah. Quite enjoyed it. Yeah. Extra long episode. <laughs> right. Um, so I watched yeah. the Dad's Army movie, but I still haven't got to the cinema, so I watched the Dad Ar- Dad's Army movie from 1971. Um, if you don't have that, and, um, and I'm not sure the legality, but it's on YouTube, but I own it, so I watched it from owning it. But... Um, that's army movie 1971 i used to really not like it right but then i watched it again and i just thought i suppose i watched it again thinking we're still probably better than what's been released <laughs> i was just i was just about to say do you know what it's it's i'm i'm willing to lay down money it's better than this new film simply because it has the classic cast i think get quiet and what they did with the original dad's army and which they do with so many films i think this came out after two series already been produced. And I've got a feeling, and I've no idea how it happened, I've got a feeling this was produced by ITV and not BBC. Mm. And I don't, I'm not sure, but it's somewhere in the back of my head. I read something about it recently. It was produced by a, diff, by a different set of, of mm. people. I don't think, did Jimmy Perry and David Croft have anything to do with it? Well, they must have had something because the, most of the storyline was just bits and pieces out. The way they set it up, it was from the beginning yeah. of Dad's Army to a point, and then a story cut in. And so the beginning of this film was similar to the first episode of Dad's Army when they got the call up on the radio and blah, 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 yeah. and the local defence volunteer groups and all the rest of it. So <clears throat> very similar. And then there's a bit of a strange storyline which made me think it was a bit itv but uh, you know what it's not as bad as i remember it yeah. um it was silly it was funny it was too clean it was too smarmy it was too smart it was yeah. there was something about like i say there was something about the old dad's army because of when you look back on the quality's a bit rough and the, yeah. the actual lighting's a bit strange because it was basically in a studio rather than outdoors which they did this this is proper filming on location whereas the original dad's mm. army was mostly in a studio and it it's too nice <laughs> it's too clean yeah. too, it's too and the, the other problem with it well to you could call it that even in 1971 they were doing origin stories 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a prequel. It was a reboot. Not a new problem. Yeah. It was a reboot. Um, anyway, so I watched that. It, you know, if like you're a Dad's Army fan, it, it, it's a must see. It's a bit like the Steptoe movies. They were rubbish, but you still have to see them. It was produced. Um, it will um, say so it's kind of, uh, in common with many British sitcoms of that era. Nineteen seventy-one, uh, Dad's Army was made into a feature film. Backers Columbia Pictures imposed arbitrary changes, such as uh, recasting Liz Fraser yeah, as Mavis Pike and filming outdoors in uh, Chalfront uh, St Giles rather than Thetford, yeah, uh, so which made the, the cast unhappy. So, so yeah, none of them, probably none of them, were particularly. Happy. No, no, but Mavis Pike. You should never have changed Mavis Pike. Oh, yeah. Well, the, well, they just went. They just went for a a younger Pretty model. Yeah. They went for a younger model, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, they yeah. couldn't see why John Lemessurier would want someone that wasn't glamorous. So that's fine. It's of its day, and you know, what, they made a, a mistake. It's a perfectly watchable film. I I always liked it because really, it's it neatens up the earlier black and white ones. Um, yes, but in a way, you're of that generation where black and white probably grates on you a bit. It, it, it used to when I was younger, it did, but nowadays it it, it doesn't. It really doesn't bother me at all. Right. No, and I still see things in black and white with a fondness. Mm. Yeah, I still do. It's like that. Um, I was talking last week about the uh, Sherlock Holmes film. Mm. I might watch it again one day without any colour to see if I enjoy it more. More because <laughs> I found that sepia toning was actually off-putting. Anyway, right, uh, it's an ongoing series, and I'm really, really enjoying it. It's called Back in Time for the Weekend. Now, they had various Back in Time series before with a particular family, and this is another one uh, that they did basically before it was Back in Time for Dinner. It's the same thing. It just went through different – the families were living different – in different eras in their house. There was one previously as well, and I can't remember what it was called, and it was another back in time where they had to live the full life and they had to do the jobs and they had to do this and do that, and that was quite good. But this is a new one. Um, it's still Giles Corrin uh, and and his friends, and I can't remember the name, so I don't want to um, get it wrong. Um, but this is just... It's basically more about leisure time. So this is about, back in time for the weekend, it's about the, the things you did for leisure back in those days. Mm. So it's the same thing. Each day is another year. So every day it goes forward a year. So it started off in the 50s. We've had the 60s, now the 70s, and I think we've got the 80s and 90s to come, obviously. But these things are so brilliantly done. And what, I mean, this week's particularly was my childhood. So that's why I really enjoyed it because everything mm. they referred to was, I remember like yesterday. Can't remember what happened five minutes ago, but I can remember what happened 40 years ago, right? But um, they, they do it in a way, and I love the kids' comments. And and as they go along, as the kids have got more into this, at, at the first one, the 50s, the kids were really fighting against it. I'm really missing my phone. I'm really missing this. I'm really missing that. I need this, and I need that, I need the other. And then the 60s come along, and now the 70s. Both the kids were sort of saying, you know what? I actually, I got to go outside and play with my friends without adult supervision. 
And that was really, really nice. We weren't naughty and we were trusted and that was really good. And then the, the daughter was saying, I've got to spend more time with my little brother and I have done in any other time or I do in modern days. And I've really enjoyed being able to spend time with my family and especially just me and my little brother. And it's just the modern world is a, was a distraction. So they never had any time for each other. And it's really nice seeing the history. I mean, next year, next week will be the eighties, and I think you two will have some memory of that. Um, but I just, I love to see, I love to see the kids' reactions. And of course, this week was my childhood. You know, it started off in you know nineteen seventy, and I, I, you know, and it was going through, and I was thinking, I, I remember that like yesterday, and it was really, and it, it okay, it's raised into spectacles, but it was really. Um, it was really nice. It's like your childhood, unless you're really, really unlucky, your childhood is a nice memory. You know, you didn't have the stresses you've got as an adult, yeah, hope, yeah. hopefully. Mm. But, um, yeah, I'm really enjoying that. Back in time for the weekend. They'll all be on the iPlayer. Um, I was just about to say, is it a BBC yeah, thing? Because I, I know Channel 4 did a similar sort of back in time yes, thing, they, didn't they? It was all tech-related, though, theirs, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, mm. it's... I think, I don't even know if they might still have Back in Time for Dinner. So that might still be on as well. They were called the Rob Shaws and these are the Ashby Hawkins. It's, it's just really nice and it's really nice to obviously remember, you know, your life. But just to see it through kids' eyes now of your existence. And when they say something nice about your childhood, it's so reassuring. It's so, you know, like, yeah, I told you that just because we're old, we did have something worthwhile. Maybe it wasn't as flash as yours, but you know that console you've got? Well, that Pong game, that's where it all started, and that was just as playable. And, you know, yeah. and then they do it for a while, and then they go... You wouldn't have that without this as well. That's the other... Things they yeah. do it, and then they go, actually, you're right. Actually, mm. this is probably more fun than that. And it's just really nice. And it's just... Mm. You know, I, I always wanted my kids to be able to experience some of the things I experienced because it's yeah. no better way of sharing an experience and letting them experience it. Now, they're not going to, but people can see it through other kids' eyes. It just might. And anyway, it's a beautiful program. Really enjoy it. And right at the other end of the scale, it's called, and not in a bad way, it's still a very good show. It's called The Real Marigold Hotel. I don't know if you've come across this. Oh, I all think I've heard of it. Now, all three episodes are on iPlayer. And what it's about, it's five, uh, I suppose they use the word celebrity. Um, and not five, I think seven. I don't know where I've got five. And they are contemplating their retirements, or they're in retirement. And they are thinking <laughs> yeah. about the possibility of moving to India to live out their days. Because the cost of living and the way of life and everything, the way they live out there. So let's give you some names. Miriam Margolis. Uh, a relative of mine, as it happens. Wayne Sleep, Sylvester McCoy, Roy Walker. Roy Walker! Was it? Try! There you go, whatever. Rosemary <laughs> Strager, she's a cook, isn't she? Bobby George comes from down the road from here. His parents yeah. used to run our local pub. Uh, Patty Boulay and Jan Lingming. Now, half of those you won't even have heard of, would you? I've heard of all of those. Mm. Now, the biggest surprise is Jan Leeming is about 74, 75. Mm. She's, she's 
better looking now than she was when she was younger. I, just, I was looking at her thinking, I remember her as, as a, a newsreader. Mm. And mm. you noticed her. I look at her now thinking, blimey. God, she's 74? Yeah, and I was like, Good when did that But Sylvester McCoy looks about 150. Um, it's strange. Anyway, it's really interesting. And it's not like one of these all, you know, moving to the sun type programs. It's a real people making real decisions and they're just going to look what the cost of thing, but the lifestyle that you'd get and the way people treat you and what have you. And it's a three part series. And some of it's really, really emotional because there's some really different ways of life in India to us. Um, you know, they're treated in some ways magnificently. I was going to say there's a, there's a better, better idea of respect for the elders in, um, Right. India, isn't it? Yeah. And there's a lot of people that, that just seem delighted with the opportunity to help them. I'm okay. You know, there's a financial reward for doing it, but they're doing it. They're, they're doing it as a job, but they're doing it as a job that they love to do, which is really nice. And there were some really, they were poignantly sad, emotional bits. There's the Hindu tradition of um, taking your loved ones to the Ganges when they die and cremating them on the edge of the river, etc. Uh, but it's also, it, it's not factory is the wrong word, but because so many people do it, people are just carried through the streets with a sheet on them till they're taken to their pyre and all the rest of it. Mm. And of course, in this country, you don't see anything like that. And, you know, and for some of these people there, the, the whole thing was really shocking and, you know, really upsetting. Because in this country, we're almost, death is hidden away from us. It's kept private, I would say. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Mm. And West, it was just Western th- countries, certainly. Yeah, and it was just things like that, and um, there's just moments like that, and there's the joys of sort of carnival type, you know. I mean, they were celebrating Ganesh and things, and, and it was, you know, they said it was like the Notting Hill Carnival, but it was just bright and even more vibrant than that. And but there wasn't any of the, they didn't feel intimidated, and you know, they got to sit on a painted elephant because Ganesh is an elephant god, isn't she? And um, you know, it was just a really lovely, eye-opening, mostly very pleasant, but always very emotional, kind, charming, sweet upsetting program or three programs so you know you don't watch it and think you're not going to walk away with it thinking well you know what that's not the worst idea i've ever heard of yeah yeah. you know and all of them are sitting there going and you know at the end of it they're also going you know what not such a bad idea idea, you know it's all went out thinking well you know not sure what i'd want to make of this but it's interesting. It's also interesting because they're all being honest. You know, we're at that end of our lives. We're making the decision between this point and no longer being here. And there's something really emotional about it, but they do it in a in a grown-up way. I mean, obviously they're grown-ups, but doing it in a... It, it's really interesting to see, and, you know, it scares us all. And they've obviously got... You know, the, there's the fright of why you're moving out there in the first place. But I just thought the whole thing was really, really interesting. So um, I, I I did enjoy it. And I, you, you'd learn a lot about people when, you know, at certain points in their life. And it was just really interesting. A good group of people, actually. You wouldn't have thought that they'd necessarily 
blend and gel quite as wonderfully well as they did. But um, so I, I would recommend that highly. And there'll be a lot of people that just skip past it, thinking it's not really the sort of thing I'd like to watch. But it, it really is a lot more enjoyable than you'd give it time. And there's one thing I didn't put on here, but I'm going to. An ex neighbour of mine phoned me up the other day, and he, he's finally retired. And um, and um, he should have retired a while back, but you know he's retired to the country, sold his London home, and he's twiddling his thumbs and all the rest of it. And he phoned me up and goes, oh, "I need a new computer, right?" <laughs> so he's going, and I know you've you you've got loads of Macs. Should I buy a Mac? And I went, well, "I don't know what you want to do." And he goes, "Um." Uh, there's only one thing I want to do, but I'll come back to you and check it out. And he came back and he phoned me back an hour later. He goes, right, I'll spend up to two grand on a computer. And I said, well, what do you want to do? He goes, I just wanted to check that Elite Dangerous was available on Mac. <laughs> <laughs> so he is an i7, you know, highest graphics, this, and, you know, 32 gig of RAM, that, and whatever, just so he can play Elite Dangerous. All right. I did say to him, you've got decent broadband, haven't you? He goes, yeah, yeah, we're all right in this village. I went, well, there you go. Knock yourself out. Oh, well, there you go. So uh, there you go. That's, I mean, a friend of the show, I won't mention her name, she just built, bought a beautiful Mac, you know, top of the range i7, 5K, blah, 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 same as this. And um, But, you know, she'll be using it for work and various things. But he has spent all this on, a, you know, 5K Mac and singing and dancing just... But he had to go away before I gave him the answer because he wanted to check that Elite Dangerous was available. And I said, what about all the other things? He goes, oh, no, I can use the old PC thing for that. I just want something special for Elite Dangerous. That's brilliant. So, <laughs> amazing. You told me it was good. I didn't know people would be that excited. And then he spent half an hour telling me about all these other things that I really I just sat there and went, uh-huh, uh-huh. It is. Elite, Danger- Elite Dangerous is um, it's superb. Well, I'm actually watching a video of it as we speak, and I'm looking at going, actually, if I played gaming, this could be quite fun. There you go. I wouldn't get through the first level, whatever you do, but... That's funny. A friend of mine, a friend of mine at work, has a, uh, he has a Google Cardboard thing. Oh, right, okay. And, uh, and he brought it in the other day. <laughs> you know, it's, it's quite interesting, interesting looking doodah. Um. And I said, have a look on YouTube. See if you can find someone who's recorded some Elite Dangerous stuff through an Oculus Rift. So they've recorded the actual video output. So what we do, we, he slipped his um, 6S into uh, into the Google Cardboard and uh, started playing back this YouTube video of someone playing it on an Oculus Rift. So, of course, it's got the two kind of slightly yeah. distorted... Uh, stereo oval. vision. Yeah, the stereo vision. And, of course, you put it... At a, so. Oh my god, this looks amazing. Someone please get Oculus on the phone. I want to order a I want to order a Rift. I don't that's, care that's if it's a thousand pounds. They're selling them now, aren't they? They're finally starting yeah. to sell the Rift. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So this, this that that video you just talked about, so it sounds like the same type of thing Kate Russell would make, you know. It was on um, it was on BBC Click and but on her own YouTube channel, she often does live streams of various games including right. elite dangerous oh, a lot nice. of it yeah, right. i'm just looking at video and there was something just to remind me it was it's um it wasn't completely square but there was a ship there that looked a bit like that borg vessel more likely know, that was a space station 
it was like a oh you know like the jewels you get in bejeweled yeah <laughs> it was that sort of shape but it oh, looked so like the bug vessel one of the uh, one of the big um oh, coriolis space stations a bit is kind of a big um dodecahedron or something that's or, exactly what yeah. i just saw that that's, what a, I was looking at? that's a big space station this looks a bit like star wars you take that back <laughs> Yeah, no, the graphics because they've got those big, um, big. I don't know what you call the things in Star Wars where you always get Darth Vader and all those. Star great big ships. The Death Star thing. The Death Star. You know, Malcolm would call it. They call cruisers or something. They got big cruisers and there's an asteroid field. Oh, this looks quite. I'm getting bored now because it keeps repeating. But it's very good. I have a look at this. It is very good. I was, I was good before you got onto the subject of Elite Dangerous. It says paid for VR at the top, and a valid subject it is. (laughs) Um, I was going to say the um, the uh, the real Marigold Hotel. Did they use any of uh, Thomas Newman's best exotic Marigold Hotel soundtrack? No, I don't think so. But one of the things it does say in the opening credits, the whole thing. And it says on every episode, it it says, I'm going by memory, this has no, uh, you know, th- this is nothing to do with the film, except for we have taken the idea. So they make reference to the film as this is the idea, this is why we're doing it, but this isn't part of the film. So it's almost like, you know... This is our TV adaptation sort yeah, of... Yeah, it, yeah, it's quite interesting, yeah. but they've made reference and sort of basically saying, thanks to the film for the idea, but it's got nothing to do with this. So it's some the way they've put it on, it's almost like a legal obligation. <laughs> it's a fun oh, fiction. Because I still haven't seen The Best Marigold Hotel 2. I haven't seen it either. And I want to, because I really, really, really enjoyed the first one. I thought the first one was very good, yeah. yeah. Uh, Funny enough, this... Like just say that this film, the these stories, I'm sorry, the three parter, it has a very similar feel to it. And you know, being real, it's quite interesting that it did capture the same, the feel of it. Go keep jumping from that to Elite Dangerous and back again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's brilliant, isn't it? It's good. Um, well, on my list, it's just Ripper Street. Because I've actually gone back and rewatched, and and you're absolutely right, Alex. You do you do pick up things second time around, even third time around. Um, so in, I mean, in, in addition to that, still watching Castle, um, and um, that's about it. This is what happens when you do a show six days after you've just done a previous show. You haven't had, you know, I had a busy weekend. I haven't had the weekend to kind of take in, take in a film, um. You've been busy releasing last week's episode a couple of days ago. Oh, but yeah, well, releasing last week's episode, I've been releasing things yeah. for clients at work. I've been yeah, yeah. balloons, balloons. Yeah, been releasing balloons. Yeah, balloons. The odd lifer prisoner that you had locked away. You've been releasing them. Yeah, mm. much. pigeons, pigeons. You've been releasing doves and pigeons. I have, I have pigeons. Yeah. Oh, no, no one, yeah, no one's mentioned gas at all. No one's mentioned that once. No, not gas. <laughs> no. No, no cracker, not gas. Crack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there we go. There we go. I'll probably have a few more things to talk about next week. Well, how are you getting on with Ripper Street? Then you still? It's yeah. It it um it continues to be something I really do not want. I, I I I'll I'll use the word waste. I don't want to waste it. I don't want to watch it too quickly, but also I don't want to watch it. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to kind of OD on it. 
Because I won't want to go back to it otherwise. You know, it's funny you say that. Today I was catching up on some of the early elementaries of this season. Well, I say catching up on some. I wanted to watch one because I'm a little bit behind. And I put it on and I got distracted by something. But it was on in the background. And when it finished, I was so annoyed. Because I don't do that with elementary. Elementary is a sit down, concentrate, really enjoy. So I actually stopped what I was doing and put elementary back on and watched it. But of course, I knew what was going to happen, but only but I hadn't really seen it. It would be in the background. And I can see what you mean. I actually wasted an opportunity of one of my favourite shows by sort of vaguely watching it in the background and then having to come back and then enjoy it. And then kicking myself thinking, must never do that. If I know I've got to stop, I should turn it off and come back to it and not waste because there's a few there's very few programs that are important enough for me not to want to skim over mm, mm. and I, I ruined that one and i'm a bit annoyed so won't be doing that again well now there is a sort of a th- i mean that I, I saw a couple of um i watched a couple of interviews uh on youtube and uh, they, you know they'll, they'll be doing they've got season four they know they've got season five as far as they're concerned after season five that's it Done, finished, complete. Well, it's going to get to a point in time where it's no longer relevant to Ripper Street. Mm. You know, well, once, the thing, once the technology moves on past where they are, it's not Ripper Street anymore. Let someone else take it over, do something else with it. I was thinking, hang on a minute, we're going to we're going to start butting up against the First World War if we're not careful, <laughs> or at least the build up mm. to it. It's funny because yeah. they seem to they they jump in time, but I'm not quite sure they're chronological chronologically correct because season four is meant to be three years after the season you're watching because there is i'm not going to say anything so but that there would be 1890 there, something wouldn't it yeah but it, yeah i mean the thing is when you think about the ripper the ripper finished in what 1896 in you know real terms and then so basically you had about three seasons so at least you should be 1901 1902 19 I don't think they are. I think they're still in the late 1890s, and I'm a little bit confused, unless I'm just confused. But I don't... Say, is it is it to the level of, you know, it's time passing more slowly, you know, sort of two well, seasons reference- covering a year? I don't know. Possibly, you know. but there is reference yeah. to this being three years after. Okay. Because of the way yeah. season three ended, yeah. there needed to be time to make season mm. three relevant. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying anything. Don't get me wrong. But it's not where they put in like anachronisms, like, you know, oh, this thing, you know, somebody will notice something that wasn't possible at that time or anything like that. They are particularly. It's not on that level, you know, because some people get a funny feeling about it on that basis. One funny thing is that they're bringing in inventions. They're saying, this was invented in that year. They must have it because it makes it. I don't know what you've known, so I'm not mentioning a single invention, but there has been a number of not only crime, but just technological inventions that they bring in specifically to say, well, actually, when that came out, the police were the first people to use that, so therefore they need one. Yeah. But it's really think, brilliantly interesting to see them do it. Is it yeah, I, th- I think it, it gets to the point, though, when, um, you know, an entertaining... The, 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 the need to provide good entertainment, good storytelling, uh, you know, the, the historical accuracy must eventually give way to that. 
I know. understand, but that, let's again, just, just nudge this gently out of the way and produce a really good story that everyone's going to enjoy. Yeah. Full circle, absolute full circle for this show. It's to finish, right? That is because of Twitter, they don't do it. In the old days, you'd have one person writing to points of view saying, actually, that wasn't invented till three months after that event happened in the real world. Victoria didn't go there. And then they hadn't invented that particular process until three years later or three weeks later. You know, there will be someone that knows, right? But it would have been one letter to points of view that would have either got read out and laughed at or be ignored, right? Now... You'll get 20,000 people. Well, one person will write it and 20,000 people will retweet it. And then it'll be a bandwagon and then rip a street or have to apologize or something. Yeah. So there you go. That's why people don't do it. Yeah. What the other thing would happen, it'd be, it'd also be like a Chinese whisper where it wasn't actually this mistake. It was a completely different mistake that wasn't. Yeah. That's a yeah. urban myth. They hadn't discovered yeah. the color cyan yet. <laughs> and there you go. At which point? <laughs> I've been trying to eat one packet of crisps with the whole show, but it's only so many times I can dim my um, mic down. So I'm having one, one, one crisp about every three minutes, and I've still got about a quarter of the pack. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm onto my second can of Strongbow now, so loosen me up a bit for the night. Right. <laughs> I don't wish to know that. As long as it's Newcastle, not Newcastle Brown, we're all right. I'll tell you what, there, there's a fantastic episode of the original uh, Danger Mouse where Danger Mouse and Penfold are looking for Quests of Bottles' long-lost crown. And he actually says, because uh, at some point they're trying to cross over this enormous great big chasm. As one does. As one does. And basically, um, Penfold accidentally nudges <laughs> Danger Mouse onto the... Uh, onto the thing and he, and he says oh thanks chief and he and he walks along danger mouse over this um thing it kind of crunches his hands and he falls down into this thing and he comes up with this looks like a crocodile and oh, i know Pen- the episode you yeah, mean and penfold <laughs> says we could have had a day in brighton <laughs> danger mouse says penfold i don't wish to know that <laughs> You, it's you just, just so, reminded me the of thing that. is they've carried on that style of writing which is so beautiful I've always liked the titles and one popped up today that made me laugh it was called Never Say Clever Again yeah <laughs> <laughs> I just think I, they're just so witty but I mean uh, certain people I don't know they might be giant people that occasionally come on the show say I've never really understood why you lot have got such an affection for Danger Mouse but, you know, that's fair enough. I mean, you know. he got an affection for Fireman Sam. Taste. <laughs> but, but, it's not you know, true, but I'd like to put it out there. Never say clever again. You've got to put your hands up and go, yeah, of course, it's brilliant. It's, yeah. it's a part of being British. This is Sunday cream tea and cricket. Danger mouse. <laughs> <laughs> well, there we go. That's a show, I think. I think we, uh, I think we uh, hid that I hadn't really watched anything masterly, um, uh, and now it's oh, as my as my, as my dinner repeats on me. Excuse me, um, Tone. Where can we find you, sir? Um, on the Twitters at Tone Seven X Twenty. Excellent stuff. And Mr. Alex, uh, I'm going to have to do this from memory, and I really struggled there for a minute. Very British life. That's the one. Is it really? Yeah. And I didn't cheat. Pretty. You're right. You're looking right. At something. No, I couldn't get my phone quick enough. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> but I got it right. I don't need it. I've, I've yeah, his face is suddenly brighter just because of the phone actually. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it makes my white beard absolutely shiny. Mm. No, you can't see the white beard because they yeah, you can, I can see the light turning in on itself. Yeah, <laughs> right. it had to bend around my moustache first. There you go. You can find me on Twitter at SF Drummer. That all that it was, all that it could be, is all we have for this show. If you want to get in touch, drop us a line at airwavesshow at gmail.com or you can leave us a comment at the-airwaves.com or you can get us on Twitter at airwavescast or you can subscribe to this wonderful show of ours in iTunes or uh, if you want to go over to the SVHS of uh, social media communities, you can go to Google+, Plus, click on the Communities tab, do a search for the airwaves and we will pop. We will return at some point next week. I'm not really sure how we're going to do it because if it's Monday... I'm not really sure if I'm going to have fine time to watch much between now and Monday, but we'll if see. If it's Monday, it must be Belgium. Beg your pardon? If it's Monday, it must be Belgium. Go and look it up. Okay. Well, what, well while Alex... Yeah, great. Uh, we'll return next week, um, hopefully, with a brand new episode of The Airways. But until then, take care, everybody. <laughs> Cheerio. Bye-bye. What are you on about? <laughs> oh, surreal. I'm sure I remembered it right. <laughs>